All right, welcome back to the Shine With Franny show, sweet sister, I am so glad you're here. So one thing you should know about me, whether you know me personally or not, is that I love people. I love being with people, I love connecting people, I love hugging people and loving people. (laughs) I just love people, I am a true extrovert at heart. Now don't get me wrong, I have my moments where I need to go ahead and retreat and find some serenity and peace and calm, but for the most part, like I live out loud. I live, I love living in, you know, community with people and in fellowship with people. And so one of the things that I do through my, I call it my business tree, Shine with Franny, is I create lots of opportunities for that to happen. I do that through events. Sometimes they're virtual. Many times they're real life in person. I know even with all the craziness of COVID, I still was trying to do some things with practicing social distancing, but I'm super excited because guess what? This October, which is October, 2021, I am hosting a retreat, a live in-person retreat in Melbourne, Florida, which is directly due east of Orlando, Florida, right on the water, and it is called Come Alive. I'm so excited because one, let's just be real. After the craziness of last year, I think we're all like wiping cobwebs from places and we're putting on real pants that have zippers and not just stretchy elastic, okay? So in our Come Alive retreat, did I seriously just say a treat? Because guess what? It is going to be a treat. Now, I'm not just talking about Snickers and Skittles up in there. You know what I'm talking about? A treat because you're going to have faith, fitness, fellowship, and fun wrapped up all into one. Oh my gosh, I didn't even plan on rhyming that, but how awesome is that? So the weekend is filled with some of my dear sweet sister friends who are Bible teachers. It is filled with some of my dear sweet sisters who are fitness experts. Um, And then of course, my friend Rochelle is a worship leader for the weekend. So I'm so excited, you guys. And it's on the water in Melbourne, Florida. Uh, hello. For those of my friends in the north, you're going to want to be getting out and get a little bit of summer sunshine on the that skin up in there, okay? Because it's the last week of October, October 29th, 30th, and 31st. It is filled with faith workshops starting on Friday night. So you can come in sometime on Friday. We've got registration and check-in. We've got an opening, a big grand opening. On Saturday, we have more. We have a worship session. I'll wake up and worship, sunrise worship. For those of you who are not early birds, okay, you might have to go ahead and suck it up, buttercup, for this one. And then we start with fitness, that first thing in the morning, and then we go straight into our faith-based workshops, and then we go straight into another fitness workshop. We have the afternoon of fun and fellowship. There's a hot tub. There are paddle boards. There's, there are kayaks. There's so much. There's a fire pit. Girls, it is going to be amazing. You have to register. So here's what I want you to do. It's October 29th, 30th, and 31st. First thing I want you to do is go ahead and set that in your Google calendar, put come alive retreat. And then the second thing I want you to do is hop on over to shinewithbrandy.com. Now you can just go to the events page and you'll see it, or you can type in backslash com hyphen alive and you'll find it. But if you just go over to shinewithbrandy.com, you will find it as well. So registration is open. It is happening October 29th through 31st. We would love to have you. It's all inclusive, sister friend, all inclusive. Of course, you have to get your own way there. But overall, the entire workshop weekend, the food, the lodging, everything is included. It sleeps up to 45. We are limiting it to 30. So stay tuned for that. And I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I just want, I want it to be very, very intimate. So when we do our breakouts and our small groups and things like that, that we're able to have, you know, really great solid connection with each other. So hop on over and do that right now and then grab your paper and pencil. Yes, I said paper and pencil because guess what? To leave a noteworthy life, live a noteworthy life. You got to take notes. All right. So go ahead and grab that and let's get on with today's show. Hey, sweet sister. Welcome to the shine with Franny show. I'm Franny, and I'm on a mission to help you become stronger, healthier, and more confident using God's Word so you can live fully, freely, and fearlessly. 
I'm committed to bringing you edutaining stories, which is my way of saying I'm going to make you laugh a little and learn a little something at the same time, with the hope that you will be encouraged and strengthened to kung fu kick that darn devil right in the crotch and let him know his rightful place in your life. Girl, he is not the boss of you, so let's claim your freedom and walk in it. All right, sweet sister, you are in the right place if you're also under construction and you need a little extra Jesus and joy in your world every day. I believe that God has a special message for you today. It's about to get hot up in here, so let's go. Hey, sweet sister friend, welcome back. This is Franny, and today is going to be a continuation of my most recent episode where I shared about my three-year extramarital affair and how I broke free from that. And I just want to kind of give a little caveat to that as well, that I don't want you guys to think that it was just like, okay, I moved. And and again, you need to go back and listen to that. But I really want you to know that this has been a long process as anything, any type of healing and restoration story. It is not just a one and done. And I'm just so blessed. So many people have reached out since that episode, people who have been on one side or the other. And I'm just so blessed. So thank you. I'm just praying that this, that today's message also continues to resonate with someone and that this speaks to someone in a very real way as well today. So today I'm actually going to dive in a little bit more deeply into an actual episode, an actual adventure, escapade, whatever you'd like to call it. But most importantly, um, it was an opportunity for the Lord to speak to me. And so I will just again give a little bit of context in case you didn't listen to that episode. You need to go back and do that, or I encourage you to go back and do that. But I want to give you a little bit of context because I was, you know, at this point, I was now 40 years old and you guys really what I was desiring and craving, not only was I wanting relationship, I was really wanting a husband. Like in my mind, I just felt like my friends who had a husband, like their lives were just so different and it was so much easier, right? Forgetting and negating that there's still compromise that needs to happen. There's still communication that needs to happen. There's so much more that goes into relationships than I oftentimes see, um, you know, within my very dear friends, even though I have a very kind of up close and personal front row seat to a lot of their relationships, I still don't know what, what it's like. You know, and because I haven't had that opportunity yet or in a really long time to be in a relationship, at least a healthy relationship. And I I really don't know you guys if I've ever been fully into a very healthy relationship. I'll just be honest about that. So today, as I mentioned, I'm going to kind of share a specific incident where uh, Steve and I traveled again, that is his pseudonym, where Steve and I traveled to Las Vegas together. So it was about halfway into our relationship. And again, it was very volatile. It was on and it was off and it was, you know, lots of anger and hatred and, and, you know, I would always lash out and say these terrible mean things. And he would always come back and be like, I know you don't mean that. And, you know, it was just, it was volatile and toxic in every way, shape and form. So he invited me to go to Vegas. And at this point when he invited me, I was like, hell no, I'm not going again. I hope you're not listening with kids. And I was like, I'm not going like, that's just terrible. And you know, I don't want to be your, you know, arm candy and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, just all fired up. And, and then I was like, wait, it's Vegas. Like, no, I want to go to Vegas and get away from Cleveland in the middle of January. And it's my first and only opportunity. You've only asked me to go, you know, go on this one trip ever. Of course, I'm going to milk it for all it's worth. Like, there is something very real there, you guys. And I'm actually going to dive into this subject and this topic of an orphan spirit. Um, in later episodes, actually in September, I have it planned out because I, for so long, you guys, I have lived from an orphan spirit and that comes from a spirit of lack. And that comes from also a spirit of it's owed to me an entitlement. 
And so I was like, I have put up with all this for this long. So therefore you owe it to me. And you heard me share that, you know, I also felt like God owed me this after all the years where I've been air quote good and all the years where I've been obedient and steadfast and all of the things. And so I kind of felt the same way, very entitled to my relationship. Well, I've done so much and I've sacrificed so much. So you owe me this. It's a very, very, very dark place to come from, you guys. And if you're in that place, please reach out. You know, not just to me. I mean, of course, I will be praying for you, but you need to read out, reach out to a counselor because that is a very dark place to live. I will just be the first and first one to share that with you. Now, I also need you to know too the backstory. Even though I was in my 40s when this happened, um, I have kind of had a pattern of this in my twenties, you know, there would be guys from college and, you know, there were a lot of hockey players in college and, you know, I was really heavy, but my one friend says, my friend Alyssa always says, guys don't care. They see boobs. Like they don't care what, what it is. Like they don't care if you're 300 pounds. And I was, and so a lot of the guys who I ended up hooking up with through college ended up having girlfriends who were on campus. Some lived like in my building. So it was like this crazy thing. And so I learned later from years and years of counseling, that what was actually happening was I was not feeling the same level of rejection because it wasn't like they were rejecting me physically or like saying that I was ugly or I was not good or pretty or all the things. It was like, oh, well, I'm rejecting you because I have this over here and I have this other, you know, accessory, if you will. So I didn't feel the same of re- same level of rejection. And here's the other thing, you guys, for me, it was a locus of control. I was like, well, I can tell you when you can come over and when you can't. And, you know, it was like a very controlling, again, toxic headspace to be. So I would encourage you if, if you ever, you know, feel like you, you use that in your sexuality or, or whatnot to gain control. That is a very dark and dangerous place. So, all right. So fast forward now, I get invited to go to Las Vegas and we show up at the Cleveland airport. Now, y'all, if you've ever been to Cleveland and any community, really, you know, it's not like New York City here. You know, Cleveland is really a small city or a big town. And I had been involved in the community for so long, you know, through church and through my, uh, the school that I was at for all those years. And then of course through the gym. So I knew lots of people as did he, Steve. So we both knew people. And so we both like kind of had this like one eye open and like one eye over looking over our shoulder at all times. And I was like fast forwarding thinking like, oh my gosh, like all of a sudden, what if his wife shows up and she like, she knew where he was going. She knew he was going to this conference out in Las Vegas. He goes to it every single year. He went for like a decade, every single year. So she knew very well where he was going. And so I was like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden, like, what if she shows up? And so I kind of just said to him, like, I knew this didn't feel right. And I was like, you know what? Why don't we just wait until we get to Vegas to even talk? So we literally went two separate ways. I went and had something to eat. I walked the corridor, you know, walked the concourse. I went to the thing. And then, you know, when they were time to load and I'm like the person who, (laughs) if you ever travel with me, this might stress you out. But I'm the person who's like the last one there. Like I'm the person who's walking on as they're getting ready to close the door. I'm like, okay, great. I'll just stroll in. I hate sitting in that seat any longer than I have to. Can I get an amen on that other side of this? So I literally walk on. He's like, I thought you weren't going to make it. I was like, whatever. So I sit in my seat. Now I'm not even sitting with him because I didn't want to sit with him. I wanted to sleep. Like (laughs) that's terrible. But also too, you know, I had bought the ticket and I didn't know where he was sitting and all that. So we get to Vegas, we get situated, we get there and all the things. So things were obviously a little, like this is the the longest concentrated time I've ever spent with him was like, you know, a whole, like it was three days we were going to be there. And again, I lied to everybody, told them where I was going, who I was going with. I told people where I was going, but I didn't tell them who I was going with. 
And, you know, so I just, it just, it felt so incongruent to me. It just felt so hypocritical, like all these things. So we're there in Vegas. He goes off to do his conference or whatever. And I just decide I'm just going to walk and I'm just going to walk and walk and walk. And if you've ever been to Vegas and you, you know, you obviously go beyond the strip and the city lights and everything, it's just beautiful. It's this, you're in the desert I and mean, there's mountains as far as the eye can see. And so I'm looking out and I'm just looking at these mountains and I'm just bawling, literally just bawling my eyes out. And I'm like, Lord, what am I doing? Why can't I break free of this? And I seldom read uh, any emails or my devotionals or anything until I've had just quiet time with the Lord. And I typically travel without my phone. Like I'll walk without my phone or whatever, but because I was in Vegas and I was in a, you know, a place where Lord only knows <laughs> what I was going to run into, maybe a roadrunner or something. I don't know. So I thought, you know, I just better have my phone with me. So I sit down, literally, I like find this rock and I start reading one of the devotionals. And if you, uh, Today God is First is the name of the devotional by Oz Hillman. And I just, it's a great devotional, you guys. He's very faithful and obedient and he has a huge uh, ministry. So I start reading this scripture and you guys, this was boom, a ton of bricks. Now I've been walking with the Lord for a decade at this point and I had heard scripture reference in this. I knew that Hosea was a minor prophet, but I'd never heard this passage in quite this way. And girl, if, if you're listening on the other end of this and you've ever like read a scripture or, you know, heard the scripture 3000 times and then on the 3001 time, you're like, oh my gosh, that is spoken directly for me. That's how this felt. So today I'm going to attempt to read my chicken scratch. I wrote out Hosea 2, 14 through 17. I always encourage you write down the reference to yourself. Go back and read the scripture for yourself. One, because God will speak to you very differently. His word we know is sharper than a two-edged sword. And we know that sometimes when you read, actually physically read the book, yes, auditory is one thing. Listening to a podcast is great. But when you actually read the scripture, whether it be on your phone or in an actual book, you're going to hear something differently that the Lord is going to speak to you. Maybe it'll just be that one word. You'll be like, wow, I never knew that word. Or maybe you read a commentary and you're like, oh my gosh, listen to this. Like, this is amazing. So Hosea 2, verse 14 through verse 17, this is from the GW, the God's Word um, translation. It says, this is why I'm going to win her back. I will lead her into the desert and I will speak tenderly to her. I will give her vineyards there. I will make the Valley of Achor, which is the disaster, a door of hope. Then she will respond as she did when she was young, as she did when she was first coming out of Egypt. On that day, she will call me her husband. She will no longer call me master. She will never again call out their names. So you need to go back and read all of uh, chapter two, because in chapter two, actually one and two, I would encourage you to go back and read chapters one and two. You know, she says, I will call out their names. Now you have to remember the whole entire book of Hosea is literally uh, uh, God's God talking to his people of Israel. And he's saying, look, like y'all are sinful. Like you have adultery, you have committed adultery. You're going to these other things. You're going to these false gods. You're finding all these other ways to try to get filled up. You're trying all these other ways to, to find me. Hello, was God speaking to me? But you guys, like there's so much in there. It says, I will speak tenderly to her. First of all, it says, I will call her into the desert. And as I looked around, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in the desert. And it says, I will speak tenderly to her. I will give her vineyards there. So he was growing something in me. He was growing fruit in me in this season. You guys, I don't cry very often, but like, I know this is a word for someone because he called me out of that desert and has now given me an opportunity to speak and to be able to 
grow fruit in seasons and in other people's lives and help. I mean, that is my, my highest hope and prayer is that we can create these orchards and these amazing vineyards, not just me, but that you too, sister friend, that you can walk alongside of someone and that you could help them and you could be that their door of hope as well. It says, I will make her valley of disaster. Look at my life. I was lying. I was, you know, traveling to a place with a married man. Like all of these things, you guys, my life was a disaster. I was trying to lead this business tree of helping women get healthier, stronger, more confident. But the Lord opened up a door of hope. It says in verse 15, and there she will respond. I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, yes. And said, just like when she first came out of bondage, just when she first came out of Egypt. Now, the Living Bible Translation, I love it because it says, when she was freed from her captivity, I was captive. I was like captive in my own mind. I felt like I needed to have this other man, this man. I needed to have this love and this affection, this attention from someone else. And it wasn't. It was the Lord that I needed the love and affection and attention of. And it says, on that day, she will call me her husband. I was like, what? Now I have read this scripture, you guys, probably daily. I for the almost that first year, I was like, Lord, I want to be, I want to be your wife. I want you to be my husband. I want to be your bride. I want you to be my groom. And I prayed that, and I prayed that, and I prayed that. When I went to Florida, I reprayed that and reprayed that and pray, reprayed that. And then even you guys, just this week, I went to church on Sunday in Cleveland and I was like, and I just prayed that, you know, it was the craziest thing. That's what the scripture was. And I knew I had already planned it for this week because I was going to talk about the affair. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me, Lord. Like you have become my husband. Like, you know what? I need to lay my heart's desire down that if I never get married, you are my husband. And that's for someone in here, whether you have a husband right now, that you are perhaps looking towards your husband to be your groom when really that is the Lord who we need to go ahead and say, okay, God, I give it over to you. I'm spitting on my paper right over here in case you guys are wondering, like, that's how excited I am over here. And it says, she will never again call out their names. I'm not going to go back to the space and the place. I'm not going to go back and call out those things. While I was here in Cleveland, I've been here for a little while. I did not look him up. I did not look for him. I didn't drive past his house. The old Franny probably would have done that. I'm just telling you that. But I went back into this word and I read almost five or six different translations of this, you guys, this week, because it was the um, anchor passage at church this week. Remember, just a little context to you guys. Hosea is one of the minor prophets, just an FYI. The reason why I would encourage you to go back to Hosea 2, though, uh, Hosea as well, um, also chapters 1 and 2, was because it just shows how much God cares and loves for us. And you guys, you don't have to have an adulterous background, like by the, you know, by the way of the word adultery, we are all adulterous because we sin. The whole entire chapters one and two is talking to Hosea, right? About going and reclaiming Gomer, his adulterous wife, which is the people of Israel. It's, it's telling us that God cares and he loves us. And as we look over, you know, chapter two, it says over 30 times, I will. I will do this. I will this. I will. God God says, I will. I will. I will. Because he loves us so much. He cares for us. He constantly says, no, he does say things that he's going to do. He's going to dry things up. He's going to place a wall so she can't go back because God creates boundaries. God does things to protect us, but we continue to scale the walls. We continue to, you know, chisel and find a way and take out a brick and crawl through (laughs) We do these things out of desire for our sinful nature, out of desire of our sinful nature. 
So I love this though, you guys, in chapter two, we're going to go backtrack here to verse seven, because it says, I will go back to my first husband. Things were better there than they are now. And this is where I want you to apply. This is what I want you to look at. Oftentimes, sister friend, especially in our health, we go back to the things that we know. We go back to the Weight Watchers. We go back to the Jenny Craig. We go back to the pills. We go back to, now I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with those. You guys need to hear me out on that. All right. But sometimes God wants to do a new thing in us. Think about the story of Moses. And the first time that, you know, God calls him, he says, okay, hold out your staff, you know, tap it on the rock and, you know, part the sea. The second time he just says, speak to it right? And so God sometimes wants to do a new thing in the same, you know, kind of like with what the same circumstances look like, but yet we are not open to it. We want to go back to the old way. And I love that because in verse seven, he wants to go back and he wants to take us back to our first date with him. He wants to go back to the place where we first met him. Most likely most of us come to him in brokenness. Most of us come to him in desperation and complete and utter despair. And so he wants to go back to that place and he wants to reclaim us. He wants to court us yet again. And um, I think it's the new revised standard version. It says, I want to allure her, allure, like call her back. I want to draw her back in, right? Like think about your beginning, your date, dating and courtship of anyone. Like there's like all the butterflies and the bells and whistles. Like that's what he wants to bring you back to, to our first husband. He's our first husband. And so even though I might want a husband here in, on earth, He's my first husband. And if I continue to put other things in front of him or in front of that, and I, I don't put him at first for in first place, and this is the same for you, sister, then guess what? We're going to have to go back into these valleys all of the time. And those valleys can lead to disaster. We know that, right? They can lead to a lot of disastrous times and spaces in our lives, relationships and financial situations and in our health. So we want God to do something new. We want him to do something like he first did in us. It might be in a different way, but when he did it in us, in our initial courtship with him. And so he wants to bring us to back to that wilderness to be able to draw us out of Egypt and remind us how much he loves us. It's that place of deliverance. So the question that I have for you today, sister friend, is what is your current value of disaster? Now, it might not be this messy, complete, utter, you know, dire situation like I was in out in the middle of Las Vegas, but he wants to provide for you a door of hope no matter where you are right now. He wants to give you a door of hope. He wants to open it wide open. He wants to bring you, bring you right back there and he wants to say, I love you. I love you with an everlasting love. You are my daughter. You are my bride. I died not only for you, but as you, and I would do it all over again. If no one else existed on earth, I would die for you in a hot minute. I love you more than you know, sweet sister friend. That's what he's telling you right now. And I have a feeling that this is a good word for someone up in here today. And if that is you, sister, I love hearing from you. Please do me a favor and just go ahead at the end of this episode today. Just shoot me a quick email, Franny at Shine with Franny, or tag it over on social. Let me know that this spoke to you. Perhaps there is someone who needs to hear this message today that in your valley of disaster, he wants to provide that door of hope. Knowing that this whole entire month is about freedom. I ask you, sister friend, go and sit at his feet and ask him, Lord, what brought me out of Egypt initially? Where did you meet me? Where did you deliver me from? Meet me there again. 
show me a new a new facet of who you are. Show me a new character, characteristic of who you are. And just ask him to reveal that to him, to reveal that to you, excuse me. Reveal himself to you in a new way, in an exciting way. Allow yourself to draw into him. Allow yourself to go out into the wilderness and into that desert place, sister friend. And then ask him, Lord, what do you want to say to me? It says, there she will respond to me. So in that space and in that place, see God as your husband. Put him in first place, sister friend. That's the invitation to you today. So Father God, I bless the woman who is listening to this message today. I just pray that this just had a message for her, had a place of conviction that the Holy Spirit just spoke to her heart and continues to speak to her long after she has finished listening to this episode. In Jesus' name, I pray all this. Sister friend, if this blessed you, as I mentioned before, please go and share this with someone. Please let me know as well. I love you. And until next time, keep shining brightly.